gracious, and it's good to be here this evening. Uh, we've made this statement often, but uh, the Lord is here tonight, and He knows your need. It's not by accident that you're here tonight, and just as we see in the Scripture here this evening, uh, when the Lord passes by and He's here tonight and uh, ministers to your need, you can bring that need to the Lord Jesus Christ, and what a powerful, mighty Savior that we serve. Would you stand with me tonight as we read together? A few scriptures, if you're able to stand with us, we're going to pick up in the midst of chapter 5, the Gospel of Mark. I've thoroughly enjoyed just preaching through the Gospel of Mark and just gaining the context of our scripture. Mark chapter 5, we'll pick up at verse 25. And it reads that a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. What a miracle! really illustrating the power of Jesus over sickness. And what a powerful Savior that we serve here tonight. What a wonderful, wonderful Savior. I'd like you to join me. Let's go to the Lord in, in prayer this evening. And uh, as would you, maybe even now in your heart, I don't know your heart, I don't know your need, but right now, Jesus knows your heart. And would you tell him what bothers you tonight, what your need is? Uh, what uh, you're burdened about tonight. You tell that to Jesus right now. And would you yield right now in your heart before we start this service? Would you yield in your heart just asking the Lord to speak, to have his way? Would you join me? Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your presence in this place. And thank you, Lord, that you have brought each one to this place tonight. And Lord, we need you. Lord, you know every hurt, every heartache, every pain. You know, every discouragement, you know, every need. Lord, there are some here tonight that perhaps they've been under conviction for some time and they realize if they died that they would not go to heaven. And Lord, you've been speaking. And Lord, tonight, would you minister at that point of need? Or maybe there's somebody here tonight that has a deep burden, maybe a, uh, maybe a lost loved one or perhaps maybe just a need in their own heart, a strength that they need. Lord, I pray tonight that can be cast before you. Help us tonight to exalt you, to lift you up, to praise you, and to honor you. We pray in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. What we have seen both this morning and again tonight is what biblical faith can accomplish. Biblical faith can accomplish things. And sometimes that faith, as we see in our story tonight, appears to be somewhat weak. And I know there have been many times in my own life 
where I felt that my own faith was very weak. And I'm so thankful that my Lord understands our frame. And he understands that we're but flesh and blood. And so often he takes us right where we are. And then he ministers at that point of need. And he's so patient with us and remembering us and remembering our need. Now this morning, let me just review because uh, it's very important for our account here tonight. This morning we looked at Jairus. And Jairus received his daughter back from the dead. When he heard that Jesus was around, Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue there in Capernaum, made his way to the Lord Jesus Christ. You go back to verse number 22. As Jairus comes before the Lord Jesus, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Here's this ruler of the synagogue falling at the feet of Jesus. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, 12 years of age, we see at the end of the chapter, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And here Jairus, having witnessed previous miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ, having heard the story of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he had his need, he made his way to Jesus. And as we spoke this morning, I can't even fathom what this was like, his 12-year-old daughter, and the Bible says in the Gospel of Luke, it's his only daughter, his daughter at the point of death. He made his way to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that could help him. Jesus, in verse 24, responded immediately. And Jesus went with him. Oh, what a blessing. Uh, he knows your need. And when you bring your need with the right heart, he's willing to go with you. Now, inserted into this account of Jairus is the story of this woman. Pick up in verse 25. It says, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Uh, she needed Jesus as well. And so thankfully, Jesus always has time. Though he's headed to heal a girl in dire need, here's this woman in great need, and Jesus had time for her as well. And we brought out the fact this morning that Jesus always has time for you as you come to him. Now while Jesus ministered to this woman, the daughter of Jairus died, uh, did not face the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand here tonight accidents with the Lord. You see, the Lord knew all things. And as the Lord uh, takes the time for this woman in dire need, I know that he knows that this daughter is going to die, but it does not face Jesus, for he is the resurrection and the life. He's the one that simply would speak the word and the girl would be raised from the dead. So uh, Jesus then encouraged the faith of Jairus in verse 36. It says, As soon as Jesus heard the word was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. He made his way to the home. We get to verse number 41. He took the damsel by the hand. He said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Straightway, that means immediately the damsel arose and walked, for she was of age 12 years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. He raised this daughter to life. Now, I just point out to you tonight, in him is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He that hath the Son hath life. Life is in the Son. I believe both physical life, without God we could not live physically. But without a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're dead spiritually. And it's only Jesus that can give life to that spiritual deadness. 
Now tonight, we're going to focus upon this woman with the issue of blood. It's really interesting. In all of the accounts of the Gospels that this story is mentioned, their stories are intertwined. And I believe there's a purpose for this. When we read of the raising of the daughter of Jairus, we also read of the healing of this woman. Now this woman had the issue of blood 12 years. We read that in verse number 25. The girl was 12 years of age. We read that in verse number 42. And though this 12-year-old girl had a pressing need, Jesus took time for the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years and he ministered to her need. Now verse 25, if you'll pick up with me. You'll see here the trials of this dear woman. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Now we get the picture here of a woman, very poor health. For 12 straight years, unable to stop the bleeding. I would picture a very frail woman who's making her way to Jesus. She's in a weakened condition, evidently so serious. I would picture very life-threatening. And you can also imagine not only the physical, emotional, mental drain upon this woman. It affected her ability to live. It affected every aspect of her life. It would affect her ability to work, her ability to care for a family. It would even affect her ability to make her way to the temple because by Jewish law, she would have been continuously, ceremonially unclean. So that's the picture we give this trial of this woman. But look in verse number 26, and I've heard several of you, Dr. Ho, nothing against you here tonight, but I've heard people comment, I don't like doctors. I'm thankful for Dr. Ho, but I don't like doctors. And you'll see this in verse 26. She had suffered many things of many physicians. And so a very difficult time with the doctors. Some of the remedies were painful. Uh, some of the medications horrible, both to the taste as well as the side effects. Uh, the Bible says many physicians. It's evident that she had traveled long and hard. She was looking for the answer to her problem. Uh, she had gone through this for 12 years. And then in verse number 26, spent all that she had. And so you can see this physical health is worth a lot of money to us. And if we are physically drained or physically in pain, you're going to pay anything you can to find healing. And so here's a woman that spent all that she had. She had traveled looking for answers, but here the Word of God says she spent all that she had. So not only now is she at this point of physical distress, mental distress, but now she's in financial poverty. As a result, she only grew worse over time. Poverty, despair, she had nowhere else to go. You'll notice here that she's at the end of herself. What you find is that man's extremity is God's opportunity. And often God will wait till you come to the end of yourself. When you come to the point that you can't, it's then that he can't. When you realize you cannot save yourself, that's the point that He can step in and save you. When you give up your hope or your ability, you give up your effort, and you rest in Him alone in faith, that's when God 
can do a work in your life. That's the trial of this woman. Now, notice in verse 27, we'll see the timidity of this woman. In verse number 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him. And by the way, the fame of Jesus has now spread throughout this region. He's worked many miracles. He's healed many people. And so his word, his fame has spread. So she heard of Jesus. And she came in the press behind, I think that's important, and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, shall be whole, or shall be whole. Now, you'll think here about the difference, and the Lord intertwines these two stories. Jesus came to Jesus boldly. He came to Jesus, and he spoke his need. He said, my daughter is at the point to die. He was bold in his request. But this woman was timid. Now she knew, like Jairus, that Jesus was able. Hers was, again, an unquestioning faith, just as was that of Jairus. But unlike Jairus, she snuck up behind Jesus. And she simply touched his garment. Now what becomes evident is that she didn't want to be known. She did this secretively. She didn't even want Jesus to know. But we understand that's impossible because he knows all things. And so here's this woman sneaking up behind the Lord, touching the garment. And we'll see in just a moment and just an immediate answer, she's healed of that. Now in this, I see that there is kind of a misconception of faith. It's almost as if some magic formula. If I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. She didn't understand that healing is really the person of Jesus. He's the source. It's not the garments, but it's the Savior. He's the answer. He's the one. And so it's not a crucifix. It's not something that we can touch, not something that we can smell, but it's a relationship with the Savior. It's one that went to the cross. It's His person in which we find that power. Now Jesus Himself, He is the avenue of healing. Brings us here to the touch of this woman. In verse 28, again, read this with me. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, that means immediately. This word throughout the Gospel of Mark, straightway, immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now Jesus honored her faith, however Weak that faith, however misunderstood or misdirected that faith. Uh, Jesus knew her thoughts. And when she touched the hem of Jesus and the garment, he knew her touch. And he brought healing to her straightway, immediately. And you think about this, what doctors for 12 years could not do, Jesus did in just one touch. Jesus did in a moment of time. He worked a miracle. And she knew it. And we think about this, nothing impossible. You see, this is the same one that said, let there be light, and there was light. He's the one that created everything from nothing. He's the one that is God Almighty. He's all-powerful. So this was nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look at this account. 
And for me personally, there was a lesson. See, I'm thankful that Jesus is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. You see, I understand the timidity of this woman. See, I look back in the early days of my faith with the Lord. I was not Jairus. I was not the one that boldly came to the Lord Jesus Christ. I was the one that came in secret. My own timidity. I wasn't saved in a public meeting. I came under conviction in public meetings. But I was saved in my own home at night in my own bed. It was in the privacy of my own heart. I was so shy. I was afraid to walk an aisle. And at first I did not want anyone to know. It was for me a very private thing. I called out. I knew one night that I was lost. I knew that night that if I died I would split hell wide open. I knew that night I needed a Savior. And I knew that night that Jesus had died for my sin. And I knew that only He could save me and only He could forgive me. And I knew that night that it was not my baptism that would give me to heaven. It was not my goodness uh, that would make its way to heaven. That I needed a Savior. That I was a sinner. That I was lost and undone. That He alone could save me. And that night in the quietness of my own bed, I cried out to Jesus. And that night, I was saved. I was forgiven. He heard my cry, and he saved my soul. I didn't know a lot of theology at that time. It wasn't a magical sinner's prayer that saved me. No, it, it was simply faith. It wasn't a special feeling that saved me. It was simple faith in a Savior and his ability. And I believe that's what brought this woman the answer. She snuck up upon the Lord, came privately. She did not want to be known before the crowd, but despite all the shortcomings of her faith, despite all the shortcomings of my faith, he heard me, he forgave me, and he saved me, even when I did not deserve it. You know, since that time, he's patiently heard me over and over. In all of my timidity, He's been faithful. In all of my weakness, He's patiently answered so many prayers. You know, if, if you understood, I, I was a shy, shy, ultra-shy farm boy. And I was more comfortable in a cornfield or a pig pen than before people. And so when God called me to preach, it was not something that, honestly, I was really excited about. It was something that in my heart, I didn't think that I could do. That was the timidity. Maybe today, you're here, you've got a special need. Maybe there's somebody right here tonight. In the depths of your heart, you know that you're lost. Maybe for some time, the Lord Jesus has been knocking on your heart. And maybe as He's pled with your heart, that, that burden, it's there. And can I tell you tonight that if you can simply come to Jesus... And you can declare to Jesus, Lord, I, I'm lost. I need you. I need you in my life and in my heart. I, I believe tonight Jesus can hear that prayer. And it may be right there in the quietness of your own heart. Maybe you have a care or a burden. Maybe you're afraid to walk an aisle, to take a public stand. But you can turn to Jesus. You can touch his garments. And he is able tonight to hear you.
That's the touch of this woman. I want you to see the testimony of this woman. In verse number 30, And Jesus immediately, knowing that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Jesus knew. He knew who received the healing. But he also knew the importance of this woman speaking up. See, he did not want her to obscure. In verse number 32, And he looked round about to see her. That, that look of Jesus. Now, now get the picture. Here is Jesus on his way to the house of Jairus. A multitude, as at this point in the ministry of Jesus, are thronging him, round about him. And here's one dear woman, very frail, very weak, very physically drained, mentally, emotionally drained, spiritually drained. This woman looking up behind Jesus and touching him. And immediately, Jesus stopped. And he looks about. He knew immediately. He knew what had happened. And he said, touched me. See, the woman could not hide from that look of Jesus. It, it was not a look of wrath, uh, but I believe it was a look of love. It was a look of compassion upon this dear woman. In verse 3, but the woman fearing and trembling. You, you get this timidity of this woman again. Fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, fell down before him and told him, all of the truth. Again, I, I picture this weak, frail woman, afraid. She's trembling. And Jesus wanted her to speak up. You see, Jesus wanted her to be unashamed of him. He knew the importance of this public testimony. Yes, salvation takes place privately in the heart. And it's a place and something that's between you and God. But can I say, after an individual is saved, it's so important that that comes out publicly. Matthew 10, verses 32 through 33, Whosoever there confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that Raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now we understand salvation takes place privately in the heart between Christ and the individual, but following salvation, God does not want us to remain obscure. He does not want us to stay in private. I've heard people say something like this. My religion is between me and God. It's a private matter. It's no one else's business. But see, I, I believe that true salvation should bring us out. If, if Jesus has saved us, listen, I realized after that night that I would never die and go to hell. I realized I have been forgiven. Uh, and though I was timid, though I was shy, what I realized that this was something that needed to be declared. Something that I needed to make known. God dealt with my heart that though this took place in private, I needed to declare him publicly. And so the day before my junior year in high school, I asked my preacher to baptize me in testimony of that salvation. 
We've got some tonight that are coming in this public declaration. I make very clear to you tonight, baptism does not save. It's Jesus that saves. Baptism is the testimony of salvation. Baptism is the testimony of the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. A baptism is the public declaration. I like to say baptism's like the wedding ring. Baptism is like saying, I belong to Jesus now. I put the ring upon me publicly. I'm declaring I'm married. With baptism publicly, I'm I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. With baptism, it's like crossing the river and turning around and burning the bridge behind you so that you never go across back to the other side. Baptism gives the declaration to friends and family, I belong to Jesus now. He's my Savior. This is what the Lord called from this woman, to step forward openly, publicly, and declare what Jesus had done for her. And maybe you've been saved. Like the woman, you touched the garment. Like the woman, you received his gift. Like the woman, you were healed. And now Jesus calls you forth to give testimony. Maybe even this invitation tonight. There's somebody that ought to come with me. Preacher, I've trusted Jesus, but I've never publicly made that known. Uh, he's come into my life, into my heart. He saved me. I'll never go to hell. And you can give testimony. There's some of you that ought to follow your Lord. In believers' baptism as testimony event. There's the testimony of the woman. But I want you to look at the end of this section of Scripture. We have the transformation that came to this woman. In verse number 33, once again, it says, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Now, I believe she received more than physical healing. Again, as we mentioned, what doctors could not do, Jesus did in a moment of time. You see, the disease was gone from that day forward. Physically, she was healed from that day forward. That's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have known those that have been healed of cancer, of sickness, of mental anguish, of bitterness. I've known uh, others that uh, I had a dear, dear friend in our church back uh, where I grew up. And uh, this dear woman had cancer and, and had prayed for the Lord to deliver her. And the Lord dealt with her heart that he would not deliver her. And uh, that woman uh, was a great testimony in her death. And her funeral was a powerful, powerful, powerful funeral. See, the Lord plans and his will and things that we don't understand I've known others we had a dear woman in another church that uh, was diagnosed with cancer and she came and our church and leaders prayed for that woman and and after that prayer the Lord just touched and when she went back to the doctor there was no sign of that cancer that was Jesus and he can do such things he has all power he's the one that heals and it was the case with this woman but I believe this healing took on a spiritual nature that becomes very important. Notice this statement in verse 34. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. I picture salvation. You see, that was the deepest need. Physical healing without salvation really leaves one on the road to hell. 
You see, you can be healed of cancer and physically, but if you're not healed spiritually, if you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, that was his purpose. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He left the glory of heaven. Why? To come into this world because all of us are sinners. All of us have a need. All of us have failed God. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And left to ourselves, we would uh, die and face hell for all of eternity. Yet God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. His Son came into this world, lived the only perfect life that has ever been lived. His Son went to the cross, and upon the cross He was made to be sin for us. Do you realize upon the cross that Jesus took every vile sin upon Himself that has ever been committed? Every wrong thought that you've ever had, He died for that. Every act of disobedience to God, He paid the debt for that. He paid the price for that. Do you realize upon the cross of Calvary, Jesus was made to be a murderer? He was made to be a rapist? He was made to be the most wicked and vile of sin? He died for every sin there upon the cross of Calvary. He took that upon Him. That's why the wrath of God was poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus cried from the cross, My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? It was because of my sin, because of your sin, because of our sin that Jesus paid the debt. And he paid it in full. And from the cross, he cried out, it's finished. It's done. He paid it all. And now he offers to us spiritual healing. You see, every one of us are wicked, filthy sinners. At our very best, even our righteousness are as filthy rags before a holy God. But the Bible teaches when I come to Jesus in repentance and in faith, my repentance, I realize I can't save myself. I can never be good enough. I realize my religion cannot save me. I realize that all that I can bring to Jesus is nothing. And I turn from me and I turn to Jesus. And I put my faith upon Him and Him alone. When I come to Christ, I can receive spiritual healing. You realize here tonight that only Jesus can save? This church cannot save you. We simply preach the message and point people to Jesus. Salvation is in a person. It's in Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And maybe tonight that is the deep need of your heart. As a woman for 12 years, she had this issue of blood. But if you're here tonight without the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been all of your life without a Savior. See, before I was saved, I knew about Him. I grew up in church. I'd been baptized in the fourth grade. But I was lost without Jesus. And maybe that's you tonight. And here tonight, the Lord knows your need. And you can touch Him and reach out to Him. It's not by accident that you're here tonight. And I say to you tonight that God brought you here and He's got time for you tonight. He was very busy. 
He was headed to heal the daughter of Jairus. He was headed to raise her from the dead, but he took time for a woman who had a need. And here tonight, he will take time for you as you bring that need before him. I want to close with this thought. For by grace, that's the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's all of His marvelous, wonderful grace. Simple faith will save. Even tonight in your timidity. See, even in my shyness, even in my timidity, the Lord knew that. And when I cried out to Him, immediately He forgave. Here are the trials of the woman. Great difficulty. The timidity of the woman. Very shy. The touch of the woman. Touching the garment of Jesus. The testimony of the woman. The Lord called her into the open. And she gave testimony of the truth. Of what happened to her. And then the transformation of the woman. I believe it went deeper than physical healing. It went to the depths of her soul. And she was made whole from that day forward. With every head bowed,